1: if i waited for the perfect time to get buried or have kids or do any of that it would never would have happened it's never perfect and i think that happens with law firms as well and businesses in general i mean it comes down to are you confident in your ability to hustle and get it and generate the business i mean that's the thing when i hire an associate it's not like oh cool i'm, I'm bailing out early and i'm not going to work my hours at the office it's Okay, what can I do now to take things to the next level? Run your law firm the right way. The right way. This is the Maximum Lawyer, Podcast. Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mewtrips. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show.
2: Welcome back to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. I'm Jim Hacking.
3: And I'm Tyson Mudrix. What's up, Jimmy?
2: Oh, Tyson, I just got back from strategic coach. This time I went to Toronto. I got to sit next to Dan Sullivan at lunch. Had a lot of great ideas, and I'm excited about coming back and implementing some of them.
3: Are you running around? What are you doing?
2: I'm walking up like, to the bus stop.
3: Are, are you going to do the podcast on the bus? Or is it no, is it to pick up the kiddos? Pick up kids. Okay, cool. All right. Well, we've been—it's been way too long since we've had this person on the podcast, our guest. It's—I it, think most people by now probably know who we're who who, who this person is. But Big Mike Alby, how you doing, buddy?
1: Doing great. How are you?
3: Doing good, man. Doing well. We were—we were just talking about this other guy who um has got some superhero website that uh is similar last name That the spelling spelling's just a little bit different. So uh I, I'm sort of embarrassed that we've it's been this long since we've had you on the show. So I'm I'm glad you're finally on.
1: I'm thrilled to be here. I'm very happy. I've been following the show for quite some time and it's just an honor to be here. I like both you guys. So it's cool.
2: Mike, it's great having you on. You're one of our favorite people we love it when you come to the conference you're always lots of fun tell our listeners for those who haven't met you at the conference or who haven't
1: heard of you sort of your story after college and law school sure so um when i graduated law school i was a bit of a late bloomer Uh, so i already had three kids when i graduated law school Um, but i worked for a couple of high volume firms for about three years tried a ton of cases. I've lost track of how many I've tried from somewhere around 150 jury trials. And then about six years ago, I jumped out and went on my own. Uh, it was definitely a leap of faith. My wife was a stay-at-home mom at the time, and we had about $1,000 in savings, and we were living paycheck to paycheck. And I took 60 bucks to open the business account, and I had a list of things that I could sell if I really needed to. And thank goodness I didn't have to sell anything. and We've just been moving forward ever since. And I'm in Arlington, Texas, and that's right between Dallas and Fort Worth. And I do personal injury.
3: Damn, Mike, like you all must be trying a case every other week down in Texas. you all, It's hard getting a case to trial in Missouri. That's crazy. What, what's, the, what's, the, what's the deal with so many trials down in Texas?
1: I'm not going to name names. But I'll say I did have at least one former employer, I'll let them guess who it is, who I used to joke, if you had a pulse, they would take your case. So we had a lot of cases that weren't, you know, five-star cases. And so the insurance companies will say, okay, great. Yeah, let's you put this case on. And that was kind of their business model too, is we would just litigate. And that really helped me though, because when I went on my own, I didn't even have I know we went to the wrong website or <laughs> looked at that other guy. I didn't have a website for about a year and a half because all I did was take litigation referrals from other attorneys. And so for me, I don't freak out about trial. I'll go try a case. That's my job. I'm a lawyer. you know. So it's kind of the cases you pick. But now that I'm on my own, I'm more selective with my cases, and I try a fraction of what I used to try back in the earlier days.
3: Well, we'll tell some of the younger guys that don't have a budget yet how to – how you were able to survive taking PI cases without no without any money.
1: So I did some criminal defense early on. I got really lucky. I made a contact with a guy who would, you know, he did some marketing for another firm. And just as a result, he would get DWIs and stuff. And so I would get some of those. I'd get them on payment plans. And, um, you know, at one point in time, early on, It was difficult. I mean, I went to one lady's office who was referring me cases, and I came back with, you know, like 25 cases that she wanted me to file suit on. And so I'd have to balance that out and figure out, well, I got to pay the mortgage. And then, uh, you know, how how many can we file this month and just space them out? But it was challenging, but thank goodness, you know, I had the criminal defense cases and eventually my PI cases ripened. And I kept those things going and we reached a point where we realized we were going to be okay. Mike, what
2: was it about you that made you want to open up your own shop and not just go to work for
1: somebody else? I like to say that I'm a salesman who happens to have a JD hanging on my wall. So I'm an entrepreneur. Um, My dad, he's always said, you know, you can chase your dreams or you can chase somebody else's. And so I've just, heard that my whole life I've always wanted to own my own business and ironically my dad works for me now. <laughs> so kind of cool because he's in essence chasing his dreams while helping me chase mine but I've just always been an entrepreneur I've got a sales background and it's just you know now if I've got a problem it's not because somebody's dumping it on me it's because I've created the problem so my problems are more manageable and quality of life is good today was the first day of school I dropped all three kids of my, all three of my kids off at school at three different schools. Um, I get to have a good high quality lifestyle, so good money, good lifestyle. It's perfect for me.
3: So I guess talk a little bit more about how you're able to balance that litigation schedule with running a firm, a successful firm, uh, I get, and, and having three kids, having a wife, because you're definitely, if you, if you if you follow you on Facebook, you're definitely a family man. So talk about uh, balancing all of that.
1: You know, so when I came back from Max Blockon 2019, um, things had been lopsided. I'd been out of town, away from my family. And so we actually did a little staycation for the weekend and went to this really fun little hotel that has a water park, and I was thinking about it, and I called it being, what do I call it, being lopsided, I can't remember the exact term, but things were lopsided, and, oh, I ah, drawn a blank, anyways, but basically having an unbalanced balance, that's what it was, so sometimes I need to go heavier, sometimes I need to work, and you know, we're going on vacation or something, I need to put in a little bit extra time, make sure things are good. Um, but when I'm on vacation, I'm on vacation and things are lopsided pro family. So I've learned to just do what I can when I can and move it on down the road. You know, for me, I eat dinner with my family every single night. Um, I go to school function, but at the same time, if we're being honest, I can't just pluck out two hours from the middle of the day and not make it up somewhere. But I do have enough self-discipline that I'll be able to you know, move that chunk of time around. But the other thing, too, I've gotten much better at having systems and staff that follow systems. I'm in a position right now, I've got great staff. When I went on vacation this summer, I went to Australia and New Zealand for about 18 days, and I told my wife, I said, I think they're conspiring. They're not sending me tasks. I logged in a handful of times to just kind of see if there's anything going on. And I said, I think they're going to just bombard me with messages when I get home, like the night before. They didn't. They held it together. So I think having systems, having good staff, that's key. You know, I've got staff that in certain ways, I'll admit, they can run circles around me in certain areas. And I think that's a big thing is having a great team and good systems. Mike, talk to us about your
2: team and about your tech stack. What software are you using and tell us about who-
1: Sure. So, I have, as of last week, three employees that are full-time and then two contract employees, and I'm starting to get set up to work with a virtual assistant. My newest employee is hopefully the Texas version of Kent, and uh, I've, I've really struggled with marketing. I had some things that created complacency. And so that some of those things have changed. And so now I'm really trying to get after that. And so that will help with the marketer. Um, I've got my dad who works remotely for me out of California. And early on, back in the day, I'd work out of my, uh, my closet because there was three doors between me and my kids and it wasn't fair to have them not be able to make a peep all day, right? And so I'd work there and then I had a virtual office. I paid 50 bucks a month for that. And people would say, you know, oh, I'll come meet you. And I'd say, well, where are you at? Oh, I'm in Grand Prix. No way. I'm going there this afternoon. I'll swing by your house. So I would do that. And I was really concerned with my dad working remotely out of California and me having a virtual office that we didn't even use his last name for a long time. Um, So we would just, you know, have virtual offices. But now we're legit. We run with Filevine. Um, I like using Google products. Um, filevine's great for me though. I feel like it really helps me keep on top of what's going on with my staff
3: i I love filevine, and they just today launched a zapier integration in I beta signed so up. That, yeah, so that'll be coming that's gonna be going out to everyone pretty soon. I'm sure uh all right, so you mentioned um. And complacency with with marketing and things like that. Will you talk a little bit more about what that was? Because I think this might help some of the the people with newer firms and younger lawyers. Uh, what, were, what was some of that complacency, and then how did you get around it?
1: The biggest issue is a really good lead source. Um, I don't want to kind of get into it in details, but I had somebody sending me leads consistently. Uh, we parted ways when. It came to my attention that there were some things that I felt were unethical and questionable. Um, I didn't want to have my name associated with that. But it was enough lead to more than pay my bills, make things good, and it created a situation where I was working in the firm instead of on the firm. And so I've had to become more organized, delegate more, and try and do things that will help me grow my firm instead of just keep trucking along at the same pace so that
2: reminds me of the fact that you are first member of the maximum lawyer guild who we've had on the show since the guild started and obviously what we talk about in the guild is confidential but i think that one of the things that we all were sort of eye-opened about was that we were talking to one of our members about sort of what i would call low expectations on the number of cases that the member wanted to get each month and you you latched onto that. Would you mind talking a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, so I, first of all, I want to say I love being in the guild. I think the frequency of it is really motivating me to actually execute and get things done. I've been in John Fisher's mastermind. I love John to pieces. I get value from his mastermind, but there's something about the frequency of this group and knowing that my heart keeps coming up at some point that it's really driving me to get things done. Um I, you know, without getting into personal details of anybody, like you said, I do think that oftentimes we think, well, shoot, if I'm at X, if I can get X plus five or X plus this or that, and we shoot low. Whereas if we consistently act in a way that gets us 50, 75, 100 cases a month, maybe it's going to take some time for that to catch up. That's understandable. But at some point it's going to pay off. And I think sometimes, I don't know if it's self-sabotage or guilt or whatever it may be that we try and talk ourselves down. And so, yeah, there was something said in the last mastermind that really just resonated with me because I have been that kind of a thinker many times where I'm like, I just want to bump up a little bit more and then everything's going to be magical. And then after that, I'll bump some more, but why not go for it? You know?
3: So Mike, what do you think, if you were to look back at your career... What's something, and I'm talking about the, the part of your career where you started your firm, if you, could, if you could go back, what's something you would have done differently that you think would have helped your, your, your business?
1: So when I first started off, I was very rich on time and poor on cash. And I hustled and I made things happen. But at the same time, there was a point where I became almost proud of how cheaply I could do things, and I feel like I would have benefited more by not just throwing money around, but spending it more efficiently to get things done. You know, there's one year where I felt like, you know, I was doing the job of me and a paralegal, you know, and there was enough money to pay a paralegal, and I think that would have freed me up to have things snowball sooner, if you will. So I feel like I'm still snowballing. I will be for a long time, but I like the direction I'm going. But I think things would have moved quicker and stronger and faster if I didn't go so cheap and try and, you know, scale back. And and I was the guy, though, that, you know, initially I was thinking, you know, everything would freak me out. Like, oh, shoot, I got to get a part-time employee. Oh, I need to get an office. Oh, I need a bigger office. But, you know, every phase for me has done that. I'm at the point now, I had a great talk with Jim uh, when we were listening to the band at Max Lock and that really resonated with me too about working towards getting an associate, because I think I'm at that point or really freaking close. And I'm actually happy to say that it's not overwhelming me at this point. It's running the numbers and saying, yeah, I think this makes sense, um, which is a great spot. Cause when you look back, like I said, every single expense or every increment that expenses went up it used to freak me out. All right, so talk to us about that a little bit more. I mean,
2: what, what are a mental gymnastics that you do in order to convince yourself that now is the time for more office space or for an associate or for a paralegal? Because I think so many of our members get caught up in thinking about this really big number that they're going to have to pay over the course of the year as opposed to thinking about just the next two payrolls.
1: If you backtrack it, like if I waited for the perfect time to get buried or have kids or do any of that, it would never would have happened. It's never perfect. And I think that happens with law firms as well and businesses in general. I mean it comes down to are you confident in your ability to hustle and get it and generate the business? I mean, that's the thing. When I hire an associate, it's not like, Oh, cool, I'm I'm bailing out early and I'm not gonna work my hours at the office. It's okay, what can I do now to take things to the next level? So, you know, I think you need to just realize that it's never going to be perfect and ask yourself, are you, do you have some hustle? Are you going to do it? I mean, and if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out either. I mean, I, that's always a fear I've had in the past. I don't want to lay somebody up in six months if this doesn't work out. But at the end of the day, I do what I do to provide for my family. And if I had to do that, I would part ways with somebody. I would try and make it as good as possible. But I'd rather swing and miss than just sit there and not do anything. And I think we need to get out of our comfort zone and do stuff. I mean, it needs to be a calculated risk. You can't just be a fool. But, you know, just realize it's never going to be perfect. I kind of get like, there's a certain point in those decisions where I feel this excitement. It's almost like I'm kind of going against the grain. Mildly, and I'm like, oh, this is good. This is good. This is gonna to lead to good things. But it does take a leap of faith, and just just doing it is the key.
3: Man, you're talking about you know adding people, and it just I think everyone has that same feeling. You know, you think about the salary that you're paying them, and all the expenses, and like it's overwhelming. And I I think it is important that you get over that you know that that feeling because it's it, you're doing it as an investment as opposed to this isn't some expense that you're not going to get a return on. So that that's one of the biggest freaking struggles that we don't, that we all deal with. But so five years from now, 10 years from now, what's the firm look like?
1: I want to be the air traffic controller of the firm. Um, I'd like, I trying case 151 doesn't make me feel or feel any cooler than 150, you know? Um, but I really want to, Be a firm that has a good strong reputation in my area for providing outstanding customer service, doing right by the client. I want to have multiple associates working for me and the support team that would help them out Um, even further. (laughs) My 11-year-old daughter wants to take over the firm someday and uh, it was funny when she did this project for school and her teacher says, So is it going to be Big Mike and Little Abby? And she says, No, it's going to be Big Mike and Big Abby. I'm going to show them. So I want to create a firm that my daughter can take over and run with and that will help her achieve her goals as well. Mike,
2: I consider myself lucky to have niched down into immigration when I did and to have sort of the expertise to deal with current realities. But one of the things that occurs to me when I talk to other personal injury lawyers uh, about how much more competitive it is than. The immigration bar most immigration lawyers aren't thinking about getting that many more cases they're just sort of happy with the cases that come their way and I'm wondering how do you besides the big beard
1: how do you stand out
2: in I'm sure with the very competitive market in the Dallas Fort Worth area
1: you know I don't want to throw any former firms under the bus but I do try and operate differently you know we even have this thing that I'm sure other people have said it Uh, I call it proactive communication, you know, instead of letting the client say, wait a second, what's going on? You said that we should have this check in a week and a half. And it's been a week and a half. We pick up the phone and call them and say, Hey, I know we said week and a half is what we were shooting for, but this is what's going on. It's much easier to deal with than having them boil over. So we try and provide great communication. We try and do what's right by them. And I'm me. You know, I mean, if you look at my Facebook post uh, profile, 90%, maybe 95% of my posts are public. And I'm counting on people Googling my name and saying, Who is this Mike Albee character? Oh, look at him. He dropped his kids off at school. Oh, look, he drives a Humvee. Oh, look, he's kind of goofy. I am. And so for me, I'm a very sincere person. I provide customer service off the charts and I'm really focused on doing right by the client. So, you know, we don't let cases. I used to in the early days this was a flaw of mine I'd let cases kind of take their, their own course. We do a more of a full court press now. We're setting stuff up, we're pushing it through. I want my clients doing depositions when they still remember what happened not a year and a half later. So we're really pushing on getting money in their hands quickly, doing what's right by them. You know, if we need to file a suit and walk that walk, we just got a great settlement today because we jumped through the hoops and that's what the client needed. So we're Known for doing what's right. We have a lot of happy clients and we just need to keep that going and, and scale it up.
3: All right. So you're Big Mike. You're always smiling. You're always positive. You're traveling all over the place. You're, you're doing well with your firm. What do you struggle with the most?
1: I'm having a gulp. <laughs> um, I almost drowned about a month ago and uh i was out on my boat with my wife and kids and we got in a bad situation i was able to help rescue my kids and i almost drowned in the process and uh i'm the guy that grew up in southern california and swam on a swim team and played water polo and you know was an athlete and i'm morbidly obese and uh My biggest fear is I'm going to build something strong and good for my family and not be there to enjoy it with them. So my health, I'm sorry, (laughs) I wasn't planning on getting emotional. My health is a big issue and I recently got a treadmill desk in my office and I'm walking on that each day and I'm meal prepping and planning, but I'm in a bad spot health-wise. You know and i'm I'm mentally strong, and I was able to jump in, but physically, I couldn't be there for my family, and that was a slap in the face, and so that's I need to take care of myself so that I can see my kids grow up and be there for them physically and even more so down the road later in lives with grandkids and all of that stuff. so I'm really struggling with my taking care of myself physically, and it's a big problem. That is a big problem big
2: mike and I feel your pain I've got the same problem I've put on probably 50 pounds since we got married and it's not easy it's shameful it's you feel guilty and and it's hard you know our man Paul Yuckabitis he's been doing a great job with that 75 day challenge he's been doing maybe we need to take a page out of his book um but yeah it's a it's a it's a good lesson to us all that you know we don't take care of ourselves nearly as well enough as we should, and we keep pushing for one more case or one more win, and it takes a toll.
1: Yeah, it means nothing if I die tomorrow, you know? And I I got to change the direction, and I have the ability, I have the means, and I've actually, to be honest, I actually connect this with the Guild, even though we haven't gotten into this so much, um, just because I really, after the couple of, uh, hot seats have really stopped and reflected and tried to analyze where is my room for improvement and this is definitely one of them
3: all right mike so i think i know where we're going to go in the guild with you uh a, a couple things a couple topics so that, that's good i do and i and listen man <clears throat> i think it's awesome that you shared i think that that's it it's a tough thing to do whenever you've got people all over the all over the country and or in, and and in other countries listening to this and so um i think that was really t- really strong of you and and, and awesome and, and thanks for sharing that um i there's no good way to segue into this but i, I do want to wrap things up um before i do I want to remind everyone to go to the facebook group get involved there mike is there a lot of other great people are there and they're sharing all their all their best secrets. And so get involved. It's a great go-giver environment. Also, if you don't mind, go to Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a five-star review. That would really be awesome. Jimmy, what's your hack of the week?
2: All right. So, again, I want to thank Big Mike for coming on the show and being honest and vulnerable. I really appreciate that. And, and I think we have the next couple hot seats set, but I know who's next up after that. So... Um, it'll be good to have Mike where he can't escape and we can go deep on this stuff. Uh, so, you know, many people in our group have talked about the book Traction, uh, and it's a great book. I don't know if anyone's talked about this next book that they have called Rocket Fuel, which is sort of how to get the uh, visionary and the implementer in your firm working together. And as someone who is sort of a visionary and works with a implementer who he happens to be married to, um, this book, which I'm listening to on audio, and then I actually just went ahead and bought the physical copy, too, so I can mark it up and start implementing it, is just what we needed at this time in our in our growth of our firm, and if you haven't read it, it's a short little book. The audio is four hours, and the book itself is probably 150 pages. It's
3: terrific. Excellent. Good stuff. All right, Big Mike, what you got for us, bud?
1: All right, so my tip's a little untraditional. Um, as lawyers, we have a skill set that allows us to at least potentially make more money than the average Joe. And if we've arrived at the end of our lives with a big pile of money, we haven't lived life, we've missed the boat. So for me, one thing that I enjoy that helps you come back to work and smile and be ready is traveling. And I've got a couple, three kids and a wife, and it's not the cheapest thing to do. But there's a website called Google Flights. And what you can do, is you can search by a geographical area. You can hover over Europe and see where it's cheapest to go. And then you can even zero it in more and find dates that are cheaper. So if you leave Saturday morning versus Friday night, it could save you 150 bucks or something. But we recently bought tickets to Italy for 225 per person round trip. And every time I travel, it's a bargain. So enjoy the fruits of your labors and get out travel, live life, and this is one way that can make it even more affordable.
3: Excellent. I love it. All right. So, my tip of the week is, this is actually fairly simple. So, I want you to think about the last time you've given your spouse a compliment or thought about the last time you've given an employee a compliment. And for some of you, that may have been quite for quite some time. And those compliments mean a lot more to them than you think they do. And so I want you to give one compliment each day for the next seven days. Not it doesn't have to be the same person, that's what I'm talking about, to a new person. So seven compliments to seven people over the next seven days. And I think it will I think you'll start to see how much people really appreciate those small compliments. Hey, good job on that. I really appreciate the work you did on that. I'm glad you stayed extra five minutes. That really means a lot to me. Stuff like that it means a lot more than what you might think, and so go out and give those compliments, and it's going to make you feel good, and it's going to mean a lot more to your people. Big Mike, thanks so much for coming on. Um, next year, maybe we're going to call you Slender Mike because we're going to get that Yeah, at down. least Medium Mike. You know? Yeah, Medium <laughs> Mike. I, I like I like Medium Mike. So, <laughs> hey, thanks, man. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for being vulnerable. Thank thanks you. For sharing all the great information. I appreciate it. Peace, guys. Thanks, Jim. See you.
0: Have a good week. Bye-bye.
1: Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer podcast. Podcast. To stay in contact with your hosts and to access more content, content. go to MaximumLawyer.com. Have a great week and catch you next time.